The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The search is continuing uh, in the North Atlantic uh, for the missing Titanic uh, submersible. Uh, Enda Brady, the London-based journalist and commentator, is with me now. Uh, Enda, what, what is the latest on that search? Good evening, Kieran. Well, we've had an update from the man leading the search. He is the Rear Admiral John Mauger from the US Coast Guard, and he has been speaking to reporters, and he has confirmed that they have picked up uh, a faint knocking noise. Now, this is potentially very, very significant. So they're focusing their search efforts in the direction where that noise is coming from. It's described as a banging noise. Now, of course, on board, one of the five is a very, very experienced diver, the Frenchman, Henri Paul Nargelet. He would know that the protocol to do in a situation like this is for half-hour bursts of three minutes tapping on the hull. And that is potentially what is being picked up. So they're flying aircraft over the, the wreckage site of the Titanic. They have sonic buoys, sonar buoys down uh, in the water, and they are picking up this regular tapping sound. So it is potentially a hopeful situation, but we have to remember that if all the indications are correct about how much oxygen they have on that submersible, it's meant to run out at 11 a.m. tomorrow. All right. Well, listen, Enda, we appreciate uh, that uh, update. If there is any more on that, uh, you can be assured we'll bring it to you immediately as soon as we learn anything here uh, on the show. Dick Barton is with us as well. Dick is CEO and founder of Armatrex. He has previously been vice president of operations with RMS Titanic. And Dick was the first Briton to ever dive to the wreck of the Titanic. And he has been there 22 times. Dick, you're very, very welcome to the show. Can you... uh, Try to paint a picture for us, I guess. What What is it like down there? How, how hostile is it to life? How desolate is it? Yeah, hi, good evening. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, it's, it's, it's probably one of the most hostile parts of the, of the world to be in, to be frank. There is no, no way to exist, um, obviously, at that kind of depth, um, which is two and a half miles down, six and a half thousand pounds a square inch, uh, of, of ambient pressure, which is the equivalent of uh, balancing two adult elephants on your thumbnail, for example. Um, so the integrity of the submersible is everything, the communication systems, your power predominantly, and the, the will to, to survive. So I think the real real issue we have now is obviously all efforts are being made to find and locate the submersible, extraordinary efforts internationally and by the Coast Guard and, and military services and other ancillary search and rescue. But uh, once we find the, the the vessel, we have to then recover it because it cannot be accessed underwater. And and what what type of logistical or engineering difficulty will that pose? Let, let's imagine for a moment that this knocking is what people hope it is and that the location can be identified. I mean, you know, in people's minds, that's it. Rescue. Done and dusted. But I assume it's uh, that that might only be the start of a whole new set of problems, is it? Yeah, I think that there's two aspects to this. Then. The knocking and, and, and PH Nage, a personal friend of mine, he's extremely uh, uh, able um, sea submariner. He's, he's, he's an ex-military naval, French Navy officer. And if there's anybody I want to be in a position where it would be him on my right-hand shoulder, for sure. And he'll be a great, great inspiration. But he'll be doing the conventional international SOS, which is 
any submariner survival is to tap on the hull, uh, in, which was done by the Kursk uh, mariners in, in 2000, in the Russian submersible. And if you recall back in the USS Arizona, back on uh, Pearl Harbor, when they found and recovered the uh, seamen. So it's communication is an, an issue. Uh, noise travels very fast underwater, through water. Uh, but it's having that power to keep them alive during that period that's the, the crucial bit here. Um, and when the, the, I mean, they're sat down in the submersible, which is that one atmosphere, which is what, where we live today, so there's no decompression issues. But on, on successful locating, the system has to be engineered, manufactured to physically grapple and get hold of the submersible, a 10-ton uh, piece of machinery and then transition through the water column back to the surface, another two hours at least. Yeah, and people, as soon as you mentioned Kursk, people will remember that story. Of course, nobody survived that. No, that, that was a very, very political um, situation, of mm. course, and, and the survivors were actually up in the, in the radioactive part of the vessel as well, submarine. Um, can, yeah, but nonetheless. Can you describe maybe... Dick, what, what it, let, let's assume that they are uh, alive for a moment and that they've got some power. There may be some lights on. Um, but what would they be able to see down there? You know, we, we can, I think in people's minds, what it looks like is just this kind of the, the wreck of the Titanic and then almost like, you know, kind of the lone and, uh, the lone and level sand stretch far away. Yeah, on, on descent, a thousand metres, you're in pitch black, having transitioned through the water column of, of various uh, thermoclines and, and extraordinary light um, you're virtually at one degree down there in the in the submersible it'll be cold and wet and condensation and i doubt very much they'll have lights on because they serve no function mm. uh, you need to conserve as much power as possible for your life support navigation and uh, communication systems <clears throat> well, uh, then but before it went wrong before anything went wrong i mean what 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 might they say i'm trying to kind of to to, to imagine what it looks like down there it's bleak, um, uh, and you only see what you can light up. And mm. the the power consumption of the of the lighting systems we use, for example, on our recovery purpose built deep water submersibles, is is huge. Um, we have banks and banks of, of very high tech lithium batteries in the belly of the submersible, uh, and I doubt whether the Titan will have that degree of uh, sophistication. But quite literally, if you don't put a light on, uh, you can't see anything at all at all how strong are the currents that far down i mean to, 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 to what extent might they be moving around or have moved around before they hit the bottom well it's a great question i mean if, if, if she is sat on the seabed then she won't be moving around it's about a half a knot but it does move around it swirls it obviously motions and eddies around the uh parts of the, of the wreck um on the assumption that they are in the in the debris field of the wreck site um, it may well rock and roll the submersible, but she, depending how she's lying, but she has quite a, a, a solid uh, platform to sit down on as well. So I don't think that's a, a consideration. A motion really um, is not not a fear. It's just the the fact that they have to conserve as much mm. power and keep warm as possible until she is located and rescued. Um, to be blunt about it then for a moment, Dick, I mean, uh, are we clinging to hope over expectation? I, I mean, the, the rescue industry and is, is 100% motivated. It's, it's always a positive outcome until it, it proves otherwise. Mm. Uh, 
we we looked at the the young schoolboys who were in Thailand who were in the the uh, potholing scenario. Uh, all hope was lost, and then all of a sudden they were found and not only found but rescued. So I think for the sake of you know friends, family, and and good mankind, we have to be very positive about that an outcome here. Listen, Dick, we really appreciate you uh, talking us through uh, all of that. Uh, Dick Barton, the CEO and the founder of Armatrex, I mentioned he's been uh, uh, Vice President of Operations with RMS Titanic and has been down there 22 uh, times. So, Dick, thank you. And thank you as well to Ender Brady, London-based journalist. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.